Welcome to um, Rapini. This is Sarah Tova Best. We are learning Parshas Nasa, and we are going to figure out today, we're going to see today, how to change the world. How to change the world. Um, so we're just going to look for a few minutes at the, the words of the Sikh of Parshas Nasa, Tafshinun Aleph. What do these words mean? Because we're in a week, we've just finished Matan and we're in a week that elevates all of Matantara, completes it, um, uh, engulfs it, and lifts it up to an even higher, like a precious jewel that always comes in a case and then a, a box or, you know, in a museum, it's, there's a whole room surrounding this precious jewel. Just like you see um, a, a sacred Torah, and it's, it's in an iron cage, it's not just sitting there, it's always wrapped, and it's it's elevated and all of that. So Matantara is all lifted up to a much higher level. In this case, as we are at this point in history, being lifted up to a higher level means being drawn down to a lower level. That's the way it is. This is the new, this is, this is, this is how it goes on the way to Mashiach times. And probably in Yemaisa Mashiach, this will always be that. Be, when Kedusha is lifted up higher, if you can just vis, imagine the visual, what it really is doing is coming down lower. Just pick, picture a safer Torah being lifted up when we say the Zaisa Torah, the Samashel, etc. Picture the safer Torah being lifted up. There are many people, when they see for the first time that safer being lifted up, it affects their life. And it draws Kedusha down into their life. And some of them don't have such um, obviously kosher lives. So you can imagine, and I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people over the centuries, but when they saw that, let's say recent decades, decades of Shiva movement, when people saw that, it, Kedusha was drawn down into their lives and you know, it affected them in very uh, not classically um, holy situations that they were in. So that's the idea of lifting up. So we are in, this whole month is lifting up Tyra, ending with Kayach Sivan, the other coming to America, lifting up Tyra, meaning bringing it down into the world, there the Tashtani. Bringing it down so low that the streets, become a place where Hashem feels comfortable. Interesting, when we were talking about riots and this and that, there's room to say, you know, and how it's really awful, but there's room to say, I'm just going to conjecture, that just like we dance in the streets during Simcha Space Lishueva, and there's a reason we dance in the streets. The Rebbe wants us buying up the streets for Kedusha. Plus, 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 plus. But that the, the streets themselves should become holy places. We just spent two and a half months off the street in our holy domain, in our private holy domain, concentrating. I mean, I can only think of, I don't know the billions of things that were occurring from Hashem's point of view while we were, while we were um, cooking. What's the word? I forget the word. In, in our homes while we were upgrading and, you know, um, incubating in our homes and not being on the street. Now, but, but that's one advice, to be inward, and the other advice is to take our inwardness, as which becomes laser being concentrated, and take it out to into the street for the purpose of making the streets holy, cleaning up the streets. Because when Hashem, come, Hashem comes down into this world as a dear B'dachtanim, He does not want to just be in our home. Otherwise, we didn't, we didn't have to go through all of this in history. He wants that every street should be a place where He feels comfortable. So, hence we dance in the streets in Chesed Shueva. And there are very deep, holy kavanas there of what it's all about, both of which I probably don't know. When we see people in the streets now, and the streets erupting, and from the quiet, remember, just 
the contrast of all those videos we saw of empty, 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 empty streets, the main places in the world, empty, a month ago, a month and a half ago. And it was very moving. And then all of a sudden the streets are more active than, the, than usual, but not in a positive way. We understand something huge is happening. Something huge is happening. So what is our job here? Lift up. Lift up. So Parshat Nasa, we're going to see how do we lift up. Nasa's Rosh. Iker Shlemus HaInyan Jemusiyas Rosh, Davaitis Adam, Ayyadevi Midatayrus. What? Lift up your head. Let's just remember this. Everybody probably remembers, hopefully, their mother or their aunt or or somebody or a grandmother or somebody saying, sit up straight, don't slouch. Everybody was told not to slouch. Every child likes to slouch. And uh, and every mother likes to tell them to not slouch. I, You know, what's wrong with slouching? I'm not sure. But everybody was told not to slouch. Now, one of the things is, biologically, that when you sit up straight, imagine you're slouching. And so you have to be, imagine a person slouching as they stand. So um, they're measured and they're five foot two. Because they're kind of slouching against the wall, their head is sort of hung down, they're five foot two. Now you stand up to your full height, and we know that concept of standing up to your full height. Stand up to your full height, and maybe you're five foot five. You lift up your head, shoulders back, stand to your full height. You're much higher. Okay? Much taller. That's one. I'm just going to mention a couple of biological um, ideas. The other one is, we learned this in Esther Hadassah, that every day, for a few, a few times a day, you should lift your arms and try to touch the ceiling, so to speak. Why? Because all of your internal organs, the intestines and the liver and the spleen and all of that, they don't, they're all kind of squashed together all the time. And they need air around them. They need some space between them. They need some air around them. And when you lift your eye, your, your arms up to the ceiling and just hold them there, and you do it and you breathe deeply and you do this a number of times a day, you give all those squashed together organs a chance to each be separated, have some space around them, get some air around them, and somehow this does a lot for a person's health. So I guess the people who know about it really do it a bunch of times a day. Maybe they do it once an hour. So very interesting. Now imagine, let's contrast that, slouching. And I'm, this is all about the partial. You're going to see in a second. Slouching, then, you're all just squished up, head down, obviously is not the best thing for all, a person's internal organs, his core organs. Everything's squished together. Standing up straight, as we just said, makes him healthier. Now, what's the most obvious part of standing up straight? Which part of the person do you see? Change, the biggest change in when somebody's standing up straight, the head. The sloucher has his head down. The one who's standing up straight has his head up high. And his shoulders back, yes, but he has his head up high. Okay, so now let's just reverse, let's just take it backwards. So that means if you lift up your head, physically, biologically, lift up your head, and stand up and lift up, lift up your head to the highest you can go. Then the whole body gets lifted up. The whole health, all the internal organs, we said, get lifted up, which, which, which um, makes the health of the person much better. Now, once the health of the person is much better, that means the, the flow of energy and the flow of the blood flow and all of that is much better. So then, even the feet, are affected. Every part of them is affected. In fact, it's really possible, again, you're wondering why I'm saying this, you'll see in a second, from the partial point of view. In fact, 
it's possible that people who don't have such good circulation in the feet, God forbid, remember, poor circulation is poor circulation. So now imagine that there's a, a certain kind of simple therapy that's used to better the circulation in the feet and the legs so that, you know, everything, every, all the good stuff that comes from that, good circulation in the feet and in the legs and all of that in the extremities so the person can, can operate in the world in a powerful and healthy and balanced way. Why? Because there's a good blood circulation. Good. And so he can accomplish a lot of stuff because he's now healthier. You know, the couch potato can't run very far. He can't. But the other person has energy and he can get up and go out in the world and achieve and do things and transform the world. He has strength. He has physical strength. The person with the poor circulation, you know, except for social media, you know, he doesn't have the energy to get up and go. Okay. So great. So, in, so what we're saying is, in order for a person to achieve great things in the world, it helps if he has good blood circulation. He'll have the energy and the physical strength to go and run and do. So then how do we assure that he has good blood circulation, even in his feet and, his, you know, his extremities, by lifting up the head? If he makes one change, you know, we'll make those things. This one change will change your health forever, right? Okay, what's the one change? From the minute you wake up in the morning, as soon as you're sitting and standing, keep your head up high all the time. That will change your physical health. That will change your blood circulation, which will change your physical health, which will change your ability to affect the world, which will change the entire world by keeping your head up high. What's it called? Um, so now, now with all of that in mind, let's look at the Parsha. Nasa Asrash. Parsha's Nasa. Lift up the head. Well, there we go. Lift up the head. Ah, even the Parsha is telling us. Why? Nasa Asrash B'nai Yisrael. Right? I don't have the Pasuk in front of me. But it officially is about counting the yidin. But the way it's expressed is lifting up the head of every yid. Well, if you're going to count yidin, you're lifting them up. You're elevating them. You're lifting up their head. But look at how it's brought out in the sikha. Not this rush. Lift up the head. Yeah, we talked about it. Okay, you're going to lift up your head. What do you do with your head? Whatever you do with your head, by lifting up your head, you're going to lift up what you do with it to a higher level. Well, what do you do with your head? You think. That's the main thing you do with your head. Really don't you, you know, use your head to mix the cake mix. You basically use, your head is used best in thinking. But what's the highest form of thinking? Thinking Tyra. Learning Tyra. So if Nathas Reich is a command, see that? It's a command. In this week, lift up your head. Lift up your learning. Lift up the way you learn Torah. The way we learned it before was great. Not good enough anymore. Not good enough anymore. Not only that, so lift, lifting this up, it's not only a command, you have to do it, but it's an infusion of kayak to be able to do it. We just came from Shavuot. The world was lifted up tremendously. The, the divine emanation that came down at those moments of the affairs of Jesus, we cannot fathom. The, the revelation of Tarukha that happened on Friday, we can't even imagine. The other two things, two things, three things happen, as the Rebbe says in the Maim, three things happen in Matan Torah. One, the giver of the Torah is, goes to a way higher level. He goes to a deeper place in himself. Two, Torah itself goes to a deeper place in itself to be brought out. And three, you, me, we, the ones who receive the Torah, we go through a transformation. The other two, they take care of themselves. Hashem takes care of how much upgrade he's going to do. The Torah takes care of how much upgrade it's going to be somewhat. 
us. They give us the tools. We either take it or, you know, our job is to grab those tools and use them to the fullest. When is it? This week. Right on the dot. We're right in the right place at the right time. It's happening right now. It's right here. And what is the infusion of Kayach? To lift up our heads. To lift up the way we learn Torah. Because remember, the last part of the equation, those who learn and receive the Torah have to be upgraded so that they can receive a whole new level of Torah. So we need to lift up our heads to be on the level where we can receive that level of Torah. I think we can all relate to that. So, and here, So when, what we spoke about, about from the health point of view, when you lift up your head, you lift up the entire body. Even the foot. That's what we said from a medical point of view, from a health point of view. It also means so spiritually. If you lift up your head the way you learn Torah, you lift up the way every, the, the way you do every single thing in, in life. How you park the car, how you mix the pancake mix, how you vacuum, how you anything. All of this gets lifted up. The old way, that was good for last week, before Matsantaira. Now since Matsantaira, everything's different. Elevated relationship with Torah, which means if I'm lifting up my head, and it, my head was lifted up this past Friday, whether I liked it or not. Our head. But of course, the main part of us really adding our weight to it, that's for us to do. When we are lifted up, our way of learning, our way of learning Torah is lifted up, then everything in our mundane life changes. We live different lives. Whether it's pouring a cup of tea, it's a different way of pouring a cup of tea. And we can say, too, what would it be? Number one, what would be the difference in how I pour? You mean, oh wait, so today's Tuesday I'm pouring tea. Last Tuesday I also poured tea. So what could be the difference? Looks like the same tea to me. It's the difference that it's a complete difference. That was last week was before Matantara. This week is after Matantara. This week, what I want to achieve and what we're being empowered to do is have a consciousness of who is in the tea. Hashemayim ha-chadashim va'aretz ha-chadash asher The heavens and the earth, the new heaven and new earth that I am making. I, Hashem, am in that tea, that process, that kettle, that water. I am there. This is to the point where we experience the godly spark, the Dvar Hashem in everything, more than we did last week. If we feel like we don't see it, it doesn't matter. We're being infused with the ability to do it. We're being taken along for the ride. Like when everybody would pack in their cup is to 770 and it was so packed up, people didn't even have their feet on the ground. They would just be taken around around the shoal automatically with the crowd, just kind of, you know, with their feet not even on the ground, just go round and round and round because the crowd just kind of carried them. We will be carried and also our efforts in listening up. So what does it mean? By there are two, there are three ways we serve serve Hashem, serve God. One is we do formal mitzvahs, you know, like Shabbos candles, give tzedakah, you know, all the things, keep kosher. We do the formal mitzvahs, check for shatnas, uh, all those things, keep Shabbos. Again, they're serving Hashem with the mundane stuff. That everything that you do, whether you're moving your car to the other side of the street or you're opening up your umbrella on a Tuesday afternoon, everything that you do, you do for the sake of heaven. That's the second category of what we do to serve Hashem. Uh, Kind of, you know, what comes from learning Torah. And the third category is know God in all your ways. The difference between the second and the third is the second is saying everything you do, you do for God. There's still a separation. 
You do it so that I eat, so that I will have the strength to learn Torah. So the eating is not such a holy thing. I eat in order to, to means to an end. I eat in order to have strength to do the real thing. Eating is not the real thing. That's one, that's one type of avaita. The other type of avaita is eating is the real thing. Know God in all your ways. As I'm, should I have my grilled cheese sandwich? Should I cut it in four? Should I cut it in two? Know God in all your ways. Every move of the knife, every decision becomes a godly, part of a, a, a dance, a symphony, a godly symphony. All of that becomes possible. Once we ever began speaking about this concept, of no God in all your ways, it became possible for everybody. And even if we don't feel that we're doing it, partly we're doing it without even, under, without even understanding it. And that's why, by the way, way, things will happen in the world that seem to us very ungodly. And it's a wrapping paper for something very holy that's happening that's way too complex for us to understand from a limited intellectual understanding. But if we could see the big picture from above, the the pieces, the chess pieces moving on the on board, we would see it. And, and incidentally, we have to understand now, uh, we we haven't thought it we actually haven't discussed this ever since Purim. <clears throat> this pandemic that I guess we sort of officially ended in terms of the being indoors in the same way and the quiet world. Remember, we always say, we said it was going to go from Purim to Shavuot. Kept saying that, and it did. Purim to Shavuot. And on the dot, right after Shavuot, the world got a little noisy again. The quiet ended. Purim is all about Megillus Esther. Megillus Esther is all about being in the midst of a story that is magnificent. But while it's happening... And I think it took 12 years. While it's happening, we don't see that it's a magnificent story. It looks like disconnected things and fat things seem to be getting worse and worse. There does not, there's no visibility about the connection of Queen Vashti said this and then they had a, a contest for another queen and then, and Esther this and then the party and all these things, it does not seem connected. It was not connected for anybody, maybe for Mordecai. When, in the midst of these 12 years when it was happening, maybe other than, nobody other than the, Nasir the leader of the generation, probably nobody other than Mordecai Sadik saw the hand of God in it and saw where everything was leading. Couldn't. It just looked like random chaos and looked like things were just getting worse and worse and worse. After it's all over, you read Megillus Esther, it's an amazing story. The incredible Hashkacha process of how everything comes together. It's all divinely planned. It's unbelievable. We are now living through Megillus Esther. Even based on the fact that this these holy weeks of the pandemic that were difficult but holy weeks started on point. Megillus Esther. The whole flavor of the, what we have been going through is Megillus Esther. Ending or coming to another, another, coming to a certain end phase on Shavuot, not in Torah. It's all about Megillus Esther and the giving of the Torah and bringing Hashem down into this world to be comfortable in this world. Hashem wants to be comfortable on the streets. He wants to be comfortable in Macy's. Macy's has to go through a transformation. Macy's still operates under the world of lies. Macy's, you know, entices people to spend money on, you know, you know, whatever. Macy's gives people a craving to have more and more and more and more of stuff that's, you know, maybe not really real and doesn't make their lives better, etc. Macy's wasn't designed to promote the world, to promote truth was designed to promote, if you make money, who cares about truth? Who cares about people? We just want to make money. It needs a transformation. If it became part of a revolution now, it's clearly going through a transformation. The world of Macy's, how do I know this, by the way, when we were kids, remember, we went to the Concord Hotel in in Lock Sheldrake, New York, and it was, 
that was the years of the, the secular the, the secular Jewish culture, which was very strong. You know, it was a whole culture in itself. There were a few religious Jews somewhere, I don't know where, we grew up secular. But the secular Jewish culture with Yiddish and this and that, it's very powerful. It was, it was really very rich. And it was, to me, embodied by the Concord Hotel. And all these hotels, the Concord Hotel in Rock Sheldrake, New York. You know, massive. We went there once my, with my family. You know, my, I'm saying I was, a, I was a child. And you could eat, you know, the food, the consumption. This is unbelievable. And then about 10 years ago, maybe more, maybe 15 years ago, I don't remember, they went bankrupt. Again, the person who built it, he went over to his children. They didn't really care about it. They just milked it for as much money as they could get. Eventually, they went bankrupt. And they were selling out all the furniture. And so I, I needed a desk, and I went and bought a desk for $15. So I went there, and I walked through room after room after room of the, the empire that once was, Concord Hotel. And it was the strangest. They had thousands and thousands. They had rooms and rooms of brocade curtains and thousands and thousands of plush chairs, you know, hundreds and hundreds of... And, you know, hundreds and thousands of the same things, of of the same desks, the same dressers, the same... And it was an empire. I saw it. An empire came to an end. I watched it. I saw it with my own eyes. And I bought the desk for $15. The desk from this empire, which represented the secular Jewish culture, which was, which was so powerful. It's like I felt it. It came to an end. And last year, I spent the summer in Lock Sheldrake, New York. There is no Concord, you know, in a bungalow colony. There's no Concord Hotel anymore. I spent it in exactly in the in the place where they house all the wealthy people from the Browns Hotel, right? And I began a little bungalow. So, yeah, where we're doing tournaments. So this idea of of everything coming to purification and being lifted up to truth from it when it reveled in being a huge empire. This is what's happening now. How does it all happen? How does the whole world become lifted up? By lifting up the way we learn Torah. You lift up the head, you are the head. You lift up the head, the whole world gets lifted up. How do you lift yourself up? Lift up the way we learn Torah. Lift up the way we do mitzvahs. Lift up the way we look at the world. We, re- we look at the news and we, and we look at it with godly eyes and say, wow, this is part of a revolution for the streets to become a place. They're cleaning the streets. God wants to come down and he wants to have his living room. He wants to put his couch on the street and feel comfortable on the street, so to speak. So far, the streets were cleaned for two and a half months. They were quiet. There was no junk being done. There was no stuff being done on the streets for two and a half months. Making them, them ready, making this world ready for Hashem to come down. And then the, and then the minute Torah comes down, the minute Matan Torah, boom, then the, the streets start to be cleaned in a different way. A very massive process, right? Huge, whatever, the rioting, the this, that, the protesting, something's happening in the streets. A second way Another piece of cleaning the streets and cleaning the world, but in a more internal way of people demanding a certain type of justice and some people standing for truth and some people standing for the opposite of truth, and they're fighting it out. So that's what? God can put his couch down and his easy chair and his recliners in the middle of the street on Flatbush Avenue and feel that he belongs. Essentially. So that the whole... Every part of the street and everybody in the street and every store, all the stores that some represented truth and some of those stores didn't represent truth. So all of those stores have to be places where God feels that he would feel comfortable in those stores. And and they're getting ready. And if they were sort of um, defying him and saying, you know, we can stand for... We have created a store that sells products only for things that are forbidden by Torah. Pretty common in the world, you know, and we flaunt it. 
we have a fancy name and a gorgeous store and and the, what we promote in the store, the way the people do things and the philosophy we promote and the products that we sell are all openly, proudly promoting Avera. And proudly so. And we're not, once upon a time we were ashamed to do it, now we openly do it. And all of a sudden, there's a need. It's like those stores themselves are saying, clean us up, clean us up. We're standing for falsehood. Clean us up. Don't let us just clean us up. And there's looting going on. And there's breaking into the fabric of what these stores represent and ripping it apart. Because the whole world needs to be clean for Hashem. So, where do we see it? The issue, here, here are the words. This paragraph is the most, I feel, unbelievable. Everything we've just said is included in these words. The Pasuk, the Pasuk starts, the Parsha starts with, Nasa Esraish Benegershen Gamhim. Lift up the heads of Benegershen. There were three families. When the are here we are, no, let's take the context. The, we're traveling, we, the Benegishro, we left Gullus, we're going to Eretzro, we're going to Gaula, we, we received the Torah, which we just did, and now, and we, we built the Mishkan, so you can have, so now God's presence is in the world, but it's in a desert, and it's portable. And so you have the embodiment of God, a home for God in the world, called the Mishkan, the tabernacle, which is here. It's portable, which means you can carry this home for God from place to place to place. You pack it up, you, you travel, and you go to the next place. And you put it, take it apart, set it up, and now you make that place holy. And then you pack it up and go to travel again. Go to the next place, make that place holy. Step by step, 42 journeys, 42 different places we went to in the desert until we came to Israel, the land of Israel, because there are, you know, 40, etc., 42 elevations that are necessary, 42 steps in this journey. So we went to 42 places. And we systematically elevated them all until we were fit to come to the land of Israel Bring all this down into a, into a life, into everyday life. So if you if these things are portable, who's going to carry them? If anybody, what do they have a lottery every day? Who's going to carry them? So, um, shaved lady. And you have three three different families: the Kahas, the family of Kahas, family of Gershon, and the family of Merari. It's very exact. And each one has things that they carry. The family of Kahas carries all the holy objects, the 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 Aaron, the the Manaira, the you know, etc. the golden all of these things the holy the holy objects. That's 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 the family of Kahas. Nice Aaron, they carry the Aaron. And then, but there's other stuff to carry because the Mishkan is made up, it's a building. So it's not just an iron. You have to have a building. You have an iron, you put it down and you have to have something around it. So how do you have a temporary building? Curtains, right? Sticks that you put in the ground, like a tent. Portable tent. Sticks that you put in the ground with pins and pegs that you peg down and then when you when you use a, a when you're setting up a tent, essentially what it is is you have a bunch of sticks that you put in the ground, you peg them down, and then you wrap the curtains around these sticks. Curtains constitute the walls. The sticks constitute the foundation. And then you put a roof, you know, another curtain to make a roof, and divide up into rooms inside with more curtains. And then you have the holy objects which you put in the holy of holies. There you go. 
Now you have a portable base on this, essentially. So who gets to carry what? So the family of Kahatz carries the Aaron, the holy object. And the family of Gershon carry the curtains. Um, and the family of Merari, I guess, carry the sticks. So between Merari and Gershon, they're carrying the sticks and the, the curtains. So, look at this puzzle. Now, we understand. What's the difference between the sticks and the curtains? Sticks and curtains? I also have sticks and curtains in my house. You know, not so many people have a shul in their house with an iron kaidish and a safer Torah. But, you know, one in very few homes has that. But most houses have Walls, walls and curtains, you know, some sticks, the beams of the house, and some curtains, you know, or blinds or something, or, you know, shmat is a giraffe around, right? But everybody has that. That's, so you can divide it into two. One is the mundane. The curtains and everything, to tell you the truth, you know, I can buy curtains online. I go to Amazon. Let's say if I want to buy curtains, I go to Amazon, I see what they have. I'm really not going to go to Amazon to buy a Safer Torah. You know, hey, we need a new Safer Torah for our show. Okay, so go on Amazon, see how much it is. Uh, 42,000. I don't know, see if you can get it from somebody better. Did it, you know, doesn't go, nobody goes on Amazon to buy a Safer Torah. Or an Iron Kaidish. Maybe, you know, buy an Iron Kaidish through Amazon. <laughs> but the curtains, why not? Two different types of things. One is a mundane thing. It's curtains. You're allowed to buy, you know, why should I buy curtains on Amazon? And the other one is holy stuff. You write a Sefer Torah and you have a theme Sefer Torah and it's all the details of what's involved in writing a Sefer Torah. Nobody buys one from Amazon. So it's two very, 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 very different domains. It's the mundane world and the holy world. And you have these three families carrying this mishkan, this portable base of Mishkan. There are those two families, Gershon and Merari. They carry the mundane stuff, the sticks, the curtains, the poles. The... And then there's Kahas. He carries the holy stuff. So watch what it says. Lift up the heads of the Gershon. They too. Them also. What do you mean, them also? Also lift up the head of B'nai Gershon. Also lift up the head of B'nai Gershon. Oh, what do you mean? You mean somebody else has to be lifted up? Yes. As it says um, in Rashi, Rashi says, what does that mean? Also lift up the heads of B'nai Gershon. Rashi says, Just as I commanded you on B'nai Kahas. Do this, the, the same thing should be for B'nai Gershon. I, in other words, what I told you for B'nai Kaz, it also applies to B'nai Gershon. Okay. What was commanded? Lift up the head. The Pasuk is saying, Rashi is bringing out, the same thing that applies to B'nai Kahas, they're the ones who carry the, the holy object. The same thing applies to B'nai Gershon. Meaning, meaning, what? Shal yidei hanesiyas derash b'nai kahas, noise ha'aron, shizewu inin lima datara, nasiskam nisnasis b'nai Gershon. Noise ha'arias. Okay. This is the really powerful line. It means that by lifting up the heads of b'nai kahas, you end up lifting up the heads of the Negershim. One, two, three, men, heads up. If Kahas lifts up his head, Gershon has to lift up his head. That's the command. Kahas lifts up his head, Gershon has to lift up his head. It's one piece. In your own life, there's a Kahas in you. That's the holy part of you. Learns Torah. Involved in holy stuff. And there's a mundane, that's the, the, the cost part in you. And the Gershon, the Merari part in you, the Gershon, is the part that, you know, has to order curtains or 
um, you know, I ran out of drinking straws and I didn't want to go out on the street, curfew and all of that, so I borrowed from my neighbor. That's the that's the Benet Gershon part. Yeah. Ah, you have any straws? Yeah, do you have a few? I need three, four. Good. It's not holy stuff, per se. But it turns out that when you lift up the head of Kahus, that has to do, oh, I can't talk now, I have to daven. Oh, I'm going to daven. Oh, that's the Kahus stuff. Well, you know what? After you're davening, could you call me? Because I want to know if you have extra straws. That's the Gershon stuff. Drinking straws. That's the Gershon stuff. So the plastic ones or the paper ones. That's the Gershon stuff. The Kahus stuff is, I'm going to daven, I'm going to say to him, I'm going to give a shear, I'm going to learn Tyra, I'm going to learn together with you. That's the Kahus stuff. It's one piece. And so that's what the Pusik is saying, that when you lift up the head of the Nekahas, meaning when you lift up the way he carries the Aaron, when you lift up your Kedusha, when you lift up the way you learn Torah, though in your limited Torah, when you lift up the way you learn Torah, what happens? You change the way you learn Torah. The old way from last, before last Friday, that was, that was good. But now it's time for an upgrade. When you upgrade the way you learn Torah, that's the Kahus thing, then what happens? Nazis come, it's Nazis, the B'nai Gershon. Then, then whatever you do in the Gershon way is also lifted up. So if I lift up the way I learn Torah, I'm going to actually, if I upgrade the way I learn Torah, I'm going to upgrade the way I, the way I, um, Borrow straws from, drinking straws from my neighbor. Or think about how to get straws if I ran out of straws. And it's absolutely true. Upgrade the way I learn Torah. And then I come to a problem like, oh no, I ran out of straws. Oh, they said not to go out on the street. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh boy. That whole thing. That gets upgraded. From it's no longer a problem. It's an opportunity, at the very least. The upgrade in Torah, we have to see in a second. But when I upgrade the way I learn, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to upgrade the way the way I do it in, in figuring out how to solve this problem of straws, essentially. Um, back. Okay, so this is, so really this is the whole crux of the Sikha, that the, how do, how do we lift up the world? By lifting up ourselves. How do we lift up ourselves? Lift up the head. This is the whole energy of this week. And we can then look at everything that's going on in the world through that lens and realize that on the one hand, it's one of the most holy weeks of the year because it's from Shavuos until the Shabbos after Shavuos, when Shavuos really comes to summation in a much higher way. And at the same time, notice that the world is pretty chaotic. So there's a lot going on, and it all needs to be looked at through the lens of lift up the head and it lifts up the foot. According to the Pusik and according to what everything you said, even medically, lift up the head and you lift up the foot. And also, meaning, lift up the way we learn Kaila. And that will lift up the way we live our mundane lives. Which will lift up the way the mundane world lives it, their lives, lives their lives. Which stores, what stores will sell, what they won't sell, what they will feel ethical selling, what kind of morality they will promote. We live now in, <clears throat> we, we have been, you know, very unfortunately in the past few years <clears throat> in a world where what was absolutely forbidden morally became touted as the most fashionable and very, very proudly so. That's not a, <laughs> that's not an elevation. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's starting to, all of a sudden there's a crisis going on with that chic world that promotes, you know, let's face it, those stunning, beautiful, expensive stores in Manhattan they promote very great spiritual darkness, Very almost all of them. The amount of spiritual darkness that is, that is embedded in all of those high-class stores all throughout Manhattan that were looted, there was an enormous amount of spiritual darkness in there, all promoting really very, some very, very grub immorality. 
proudly, openly. So don't they need an upgrade too? Don't they need a cleansing? Could it come in a better way? It absolutely could. But it's almost like the the very bowels of the earth is demanding a, a cleansing. You know, clean me, cleanse me. Don't let me say this way. Don't let me take the world because that that force of what you know downtown, what Manhattan represents in the high class, it's all over the world. It's spread like the virus all over the world. The the, the kind of immorality, etc. You know, Averas that would never he would never believe people would talk about became high class and stores, etc. So. So it was threatening to burst open over the entire world and make the whole world totally immoral. It really was. And all of a sudden, right after Mazantara, boom, all the plans. It's like Napoleon wanted to conquer the world, and all of a sudden, boom, his plans just, they didn't work. His, his army was decimated. So there's a huge battle here for morality, immorality, truth of Torah, etc., so how do we solve it in a bloodless way? And mostly, human life has been spared. It's just property that has been attached, mostly, at, with a few carbonas, unfortunately, but mostly property, property that is the bastion of the darkest spiritual, very dark spiritual darkness, very tremendously dark immorality that that. That has a, that promotes itself as being shiny and beautiful. So how do we lift it all up? We lift it up by lifting up the head, our, the head. Lifting up your head, what do you do with your head? You learn Torah. Lift up the way you learn Torah and you'll lift up the way you ask for drinking straws, move your car, turn on the oven, etc., etc., which everything mundane, your connection to the world that has to do with Manhattan and the stores and all of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you will end up lifting up the entire world. So to say it short, how are you lifting up the entire world? By lifting up the way you lean tone. What is the way? We might look into it. I think this is a hit. What is the difference? The way we learn Torah, two things. To recognize who the giver of the tire is, that he is in everything. He's in every store, he's in every snack bar, every car, every leaf, every everything. New heaven and the new earth that I am making. I am in the center of this. The way of learning Torah is with the recognition that, wait a minute, oh my goodness, what am I learning Torah for? Because I want to get to know God. Not because I need to know all the details and I need to say Yedvartar and all that. I want, I'm, my lifting up of my learning of Torah is in a way of, as the other says at the end, Tainog and Chiddush. We're going to go into that more tomorrow. But lifting it up in the sense of recognizing who's giving this Torah. Not what. Okay, it's important to know what he's telling us to do. But the focus was always, the older way of Torah is, which is classical way of learning Torah, what does God tell us to do? That's my focus. What does God, and let's learn all the Gemaras to find out how they figured out, to, you know, what I have to do. And then it shifts as we go into Mashiach time to, okay, I need to learn one time and never forget what I have to do, what are all the mitzvahs, but who is God? Who is God in relation to me? Who is he really? What is his essence? What's my relationship with him? What's truth in relation to God? What am I? Who am I in relation to God? How do I fit into all of this? How do I affect him? How does he affect me? The relationship. As the Raman says, The entire occupation of the entire world will be, that means every Jew and every non-Jew will be nothing other than to know God. That's the lifting up. Learning Torah to know God. In all of his different manifestations. And to know how we're one with him. And the amazing piece is, when you get to know God, since you throw the kuchibichu kulichad, that a yid 
and Tyra and Hashem are one piece, you get to know yourself. You finally get to know who you are. You finally get to know what Tyra is and who Hashem, the sweet God is, etc. That's the up- upgrade. So why are you learning? Well, I want to know God. Oh, okay, right, right. Oh, you want to be one of those Mashiach people. No, I learned it's Mashiach, it's Parshish Nasa. No, I'm not one of those Mashiach people. I want the world to be a peaceful place. So what is the world, what do you mean? The way, I, lifting up the way I learn Torah will lift up everything I do in the mundane world, will lift up the mundane world. And I want the mundane world to be a peaceful place that is a peace of truth. Not just peace because everybody gives up and it's a place that's promoting immorality, God forbid, but everybody's quiet about it. And rather they be noisy and get rid of the immorality so we come to true peace. And that comes through me coming to that peaceful place in myself of learning Torah for the purpose of knowing Hashem. That relationship with Hashem is because I'm one with Hashem, it's a very beautiful, peaceful place. It's not about all the things I have to do, which I have to know. Tell me all the mysteries. But it's about a deeply peaceful relationship with Hashem, with God. Recognition that He is within everything and feeling it and experiencing it. That's the invitation. That's the Nathus Reish. That's the lifting up the heads of Nathus Reish from the Israel. This is lifting up the heads of the Yiddin. This is the week. Because we received the Torah, Hashem had his upgrade. The Torah had his upgrade. And he's having it through us. And it's our turn this week to upgrade, and thereby upgrade Torah and Hashem. It's happening as we speak. Lift up the heads, upgrade. Lift up the heads of the Israel. And we're the major players in, the, in this whole scenario. And have a major effect on the world, as says every single person. So, give each other a bracha, a lesson. We should step into our role with pride, with proud heads, stand tall. Proudly, and with simcha, and with aina, with taina, pleasure. Step into that role of lifting up Torah, lifting up ourselves, lifting up truth, Hashem, the world. To find ourselves in the third base of news in the Gulamitic question in the email.